Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 208 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tick tales and paramount products. Now, first things first, Angelo, war, famine. These things are nothing compared to the wrath that you've brought down on your household over the last 24 hours. I've gotten texts. I've gotten I've gotten swear-filled texts from you, my friend, which is a rarity. Well, first of all, though, Brian, we're recording on a Saturday morning, which is it's really true. weird, right? It's like, true. I see... The room you're in, and I never really realized there was a window right behind There's a window we, there and a window right in front of me. Yes, correct. Yeah. I also, um, uh, my computer's positioned differently. Okay, okay. Which is probably the reason why you can, you can see more of the room now. Yeah, it does, it does seem a little, a little different. So, Ryan, tech support for myself. Sometimes I have to call tech support. It's rare. But yesterday, I had to call tech support. It was really good tech support, though. I will, I will give kudos to the Eero tech support team. I had, when I first got my Eeros, added them to HomeKit, which is Apple's like smart home stuff. I don't have a lot of smart home stuff. It's basically there so I can add HomePods because I have many HomePods. I have four smart plugs and a couple of smart lights in my office. And uh, HomeKit has been weird since uh, iOS 16.2. And one of the things I figured I should remove is the HomeKit support on the Eero. I, I turned that on when I first got it. Don't know what it does. Doesn't do much. Decided to turn it off. Go to turn it off. It says it can't turn it off because of some weird non-bridge error. I don't know what that means. I called Eero Tech Support. Guess what? They'd never heard of this. I was the first person ever to get this error, according to the guy I spoke to. He had to get on the line with various different tiers of tech support. And finally, on the third tier, a guy named Brian was able to help me. Was it you? Do you work for Euro Tech Support? I, yeah, I moonlight in various tech support <laughs> roles, uh, you know, for random paychecks. Yeah, I, so that was the first thing, right? Apparently what had happened is that I decided to change my Euro gateway. And he said, usually 10 out of 10 times, nothing happens. But now, because of me, he's going to say 9 out of 10 times, nothing happens. Having changed my Eero gateway, the reason I changed it is because I wanted to have it next to my UPS. We've been having like the occasional power cut here. And when that happens, my network goes wonky because the main router gets turned off for a second and turned back on. Routers don't like that, Brian. Did you know that? Being turned off and on? Yeah, of course they don't like, like that. For, for like a split second, not even a good full reboot. Like if you yes. turn it off for like 10 seconds, it's fine because of the interest reboots. But if you cut the power mildly, the network gets all screwed up. And I've had to reset my network a few more times in the last few months than almost the entire time I've had Euros combined because there's been some power outages. We've had some weird storms. Climate change, who knew? Apparently it's a hoax though, right, Brian? It's, uh, yeah, have you seen my white paper? Yeah, good. I, I'm going to read it. it. It was peer-researched and reviewed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dozens of 4chan people. Okay, they're really helpful. So that caused an issue that I didn't think would happen because guess what? After I changed the gateway, I thought, oh, I hope there's no problems. There were no problems. It was perfect. Then all of a sudden, HomeKit would report that my routers were not connected, even though they were. It was very odd, very annoying errors. I did that. And then guess what, Brian? The HomePods decided not to want to play music when I asked them for it. I would ask for music that I know is on Apple Music, for example. Hey, so-and-so, play Jagged Little Pill. Jagged Little Pill is not the, in the Apple Music library. I know it's there. And then Siri would be helpfully ask if she'd want me to, she'd want to play a radio station. No, I want that specific album. And I could play it from Apple Music if I just went into the HomePod and played it that way. 
but I want to be able to talk into the ether, Brian, and have an album play for me. And this is where the texts come in. Yeah, I was really annoyed. So You were the, livid, my friend. Yeah. I'm just annoyed. Like, I've never seen you swear that much. So, to f- well, well, not that much. So to fix Are it. Are you kidding me? Let me. Uh, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> let me correct the record here. Uh, let me scroll down here. Uh, I'm so effing fuming right now. Uh, I had to reset stuff. My network BS. My HomePod seemed F. I hate effing, effing BS. Okay, I think now you're just making things up. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. It's such BS. I'm in a bad effing mood. Yeah. You tell me, Angelo. It was was upsetting, Brian, because then the solution was to reset the HomePods, which usually is not a problem. But then my main HomePods, which are very precious because they sound so good and do not get made anymore, they decided not to want to reset. They just didn't want to reset. So I left them off for a few hours. Plug them back in. Well, okay, but you left them off for a few hours, but you also like came back to them an hour later. Like, yeah. You, you were giving me updates here. Yeah, so then I plugged them in. I finally got them to reset, and then they were stuck in the ever-long ever configuring mode, which I don't know what I did. I turned off iPhones. I turned off Apple TVs. I did all kinds of weird stuff. I set them up in different rooms, not literally, but uh, figuratively on the home app. And after several... I would say like 12 to 14 hours of struggling with all the HomePods and getting them to work. I think the network is back. So this, this consumed you for a day. It really put me in a bad mood all day. It was not pleasant. I'm usually the one who helps with tech support. And then when I am stuck with tech support with no one to help, because uh, between you and I, if, we were, if I would have called Apple tech support, do you think they would have helped? No. Probably not. Let's be honest. No. Let, also, it's also like a discontinued product, right? It's so. a discontinued product with like a weird weird edge case where I have Eero routers that I had changed the gateway and all that stuff, right? So no one would have helped me. It was my own thing to solve. I mean, the Eero error I found, that's hard to say, was not even anywhere online. I Googled it. That didn't exist, which is why the tech support guy thought it was not funny, but interesting that it was something he'd never seen. But they managed to fix it. And to make myself feel better, I asked him, is this something I could have ever fixed on my own? And he said, no. Eero had to actually reset something on their end. Really? Which is a little disconcerting that they have that much control over my network. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but no, right? Like, I, I kind of understand, you know, remote access. It's great, though, because, I mean, I agreed to that when I have the app. And Eero, like, I have no complaints about it, especially since when there is a problem, they were there to fix it quite well. Now, I was on the phone for a while, but uh, he was really helpful. Angel, I've been thinking about this. There's a term that I want to use here about your anger. I think it's, I'm going to call it tech impotence. So me feeling Impotent inadequate? About being like unable to fix your tech issues. Because usually, yeah. usually, usually you can, right? And you were very proud about that, both um, uh, privately and then also professionally. You're the go-to guy a lot of the times for tech, like regular tech issues. Yeah, and it's not like I'm trained in this stuff. It's more like of an intuitive thing. So you're just like a, a psychic tech man. I'm an idiot savant. <laughs> Yesterday, though, I was just an idiot. I mean, like, good on you. I mean, I'm glad it seems to be fixed. Um, let me ask you, worst case Nothing scenario, had, had the HomePods not come back online, what would you have done? I would have been sad. I can't replace them, right? Like, there's nothing I could have done. I would have just taken them out and maybe every once in a while tried to re- resuscitate them. But they're back. Now, the thing is, I don't think it was just me having issues. Now, aside from my, uh, my Eero problem, looking online yesterday for HomeKit things, Apple really screwed the pooch with the 16.2 update. 
they had this whole thing where you can change the architecture. It's supposed to make them better. Yes. Whenever I would go to do that, it would say certain of my things weren't updated, even though that was wrong. It would tell me my wife's account had not updated all her devices, which was totally wrong. So, it was, so luckily, I couldn't update it. And recently, they pulled that whole update because it was causing so many issues for everyone. And I have a few friends that are on HomeKit, and they've had issues in the past few days too. So I, I'm wondering if there's something on Apple's server side of things. You mean like they didn't just QA enough? Well, that, and also maybe their, their servers were having trouble yesterday. I was having weird things. Like, the internet seemed wonky yesterday. We were watching uh, Armageddon as a family, well, me and the kids. <laughs> well, because okay. my, my daughter's friend, it's one of her favorite movies, and so I said, well, let's watch it. it was, and it was good. I had, forgot. It was it's a it's fun, stupid Michael Bay movie. Do you want to hear a weird cinephile thing, Angelo? Yeah. It was Always. one of the first uh, Criterion DVDs ever released for some reason. Think about that for a sec. Well, back then, those special effects were pretty amazing. They don't, they don't hold up as well, Brian. These are not, no. Um, I'm going to drop this into the show notes. There's an incredible, I, I'm not sure if it's still available, but there's an incredible compilation of Ben Affleck quotes from the like uh, commentary track on there that he just does not care for the movie. He looks so young in that movie. He, he's got to be like in his late 20s, early 30s, I think. Double density. Well, so the, the reason I brought up Armageddon, though, and uh, internet issues is that it kept getting blurry on Disney+. Plus which is usually indicative of weird... A poor signal. Issue. Yeah, and it's, it wasn't my internet because my internet was working fine otherwise. So it was just that. Uh, yeah, and then in the evening, I was trying to play uh, a From Software game, which I'm allowed to mention because it's Sekiro. Yes, and I was going to say. I was, it, yeah. it was not... It was having trouble connecting to the server, which those games are always running online. And this morning, too, couldn't connect to the server. I checked my PlayStation's internet, totally fine. So I think it's on their end because I, I tried uh, the other game, which I can't mention, and their server was fine. So I think okay. it was a Sekiro issue. Uh, and I just decided to play it offline because it's not as useful anyway. So I got, uh, I'm addicted to a brand new video game, Angelo. And it's, oh, it's what's bad. that? It's, it's a game called Loop Hero. And it is a 2D game where a fighter follows a path, a circular path. Um, it's kind of complicated to explain um, basically, like you encounter monsters and you can get tile cards and you, you get to place tiles that have different effects on the the terrain and you also get to upgrade weapons and, and things like that. And every loop, like you're supposed to gain new powers and stuff. Oh, it's um, like a, is it a roguelite? Yes, exactly. Okay. Procedurally okay. generated. Just uh, It's a lot of fun. It's just, it's a lot if you don't understand what's going on. And I watched a streamer play it and it took me five minutes to kind of get it. But once I got it, it was amazing. And I actually used my Nintendo eShop points to buy it for free. Good job. Uh, which felt really good, and I've, I've played like four hours in the last couple of days. Fun. I'm 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 playing a roguelite as well called Hades, which I think we of discussed course. it on We've the show last it, yeah. week. Okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the I, we talked about how I didn't like the isometric view, like the yeah. three quarters view, and it's totally fine. But you did you end up getting bloodstained? Uh, uh, what is it? A Curse of the Moon or whatever it is. I did, but it, it's not really a Metroidvania. I feel like it's just a straight up. No, like, it's a total. No, it's a total Metroidvania. You're getting like all kinds of extra things to there's there's tons of places you can't access at first. Okay, because I played two levels of each and I was just very confused. Yeah. Did you get wait? Did you play the eight bit looking one or the Yes, the eight bit looking okay, one? Okay, that's not what I was talking about. That's exactly what you're talking about. No, that that's the that was the prequel to this. You told me Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Okay, wait, what is it called? Ritual of the Night. 
No, I did not. I played the 8-bit one because you okay. said Curse of the Moon last week. Well, and so I bought the first Curse of the Moon. Okay, well, you're playing that one. Yes, that one's more like Castlevania. And then this one is an homage to um, Bloodstained. Ritual of the Night is a Metroidvania-style video game developed by the Japanese indie studio Artplay. Yes, so that here. is a game that I did not play. Thank okay, you. Okay, well, you will like that one, too. I'll send you the link on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Thank you, Angelo. Is it on sale? Oh, uh, uh, no, it's not on sale. It's like 50, it's $54 right now. Uh, but uh, Unbelievable that you would mislead the public and me. I, I, it's, it's confusing because they have the same name. But um, what I recommend you do is instead of spending the $55 is go buy a PlayStation 5 okay. and then subscribe to PS Plus and you'll get it for free. <laughs> How much is PS Plus, though? I think it's 100 bucks a year. Hundred something a year. Okay, so basically, I don't know. I just throw money around, Brian. So it's not. I it doesn't even calculate into things. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like we we're really establishing like who you are as a person, right? You you hate you hate when tech goes wrong. You're just you're like you bought that little gun that throws the the bills out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the money gun. The mo- yeah. yeah, you bought yourself a money gun recently. Like yeah. you're just 2023 is the year you go crazy. If 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 somebody comes to rob me, I shoot them with money. <laughs> and hope thousands of paper cuts <laughs> let us uh look beyond the present into the future angelo ready because this is the first episode of 2023 happy new year by the way and let us talk about tech predictions what do you have in mind for 2023 what do you think will happen what trends do you think we'll see well l- let's make a, a prediction that a lot of people are making and that is apple will release their virtual reality headset and my prediction is that the majority of people will not care. I agree with you. Also, uh, so you feel like they're going to switch their emphasis from AR to VR. I, yeah, I think, I think they're going to kind of like mix both together. So all the, they'll have cameras on the outside so you can see the outside world and put whatever images on that, but also have it look inward and be a VR thing. So do you feel like maybe they're just doing this to keep up with the Joneses, right? The idea of like joining the metaverse, uh, of course. the nebulous, nebulous metaverse. Yeah, of course. That's the whole reason to do it. Apple always is late to the party with things. In many cases, they usually make things better, though, right? Like their the Apple Watch came out way after other, you know, after the Fitbit smartwatches and all that stuff. And arguably, they did it better than anyone. Well, the, I agree with that because they've created a wearable ecosystem in a way that, like, even some Android-based watches um, strive to do, but not um, as unified necessarily. Yeah, and they did the same thing with the iPhone, right? They weren't the first smartphone, but they, they perfected it and made it the best. Same thing with the iPad. There were tablets for ages. But now with this, I don't see it, Brian. I don't see it being successful. Is it because I don't care? That if I don't care, I think a lot of people out there will not care? Forget like the dull normals. So I think there's two things, right? So I think firstly, um, uh, price will be a big factor. Uh, Apple loves to charge a premium for its products, so chances two thousand dollars, Brian. That's my prediction. Okay, I'm going to go fifteen hundred. I'm going to undercut you a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to say fifty fifteen hundred Canadian or U.S. or two thousand U.S. I was saying two thousand U.S. So nineteen ninety nine. Okay, I'm going to go fifteen hundred U.S. Then, um, so I think that's a big factor, right? And I think that like you need to show value in order for people to buy in, and only the most the biggest, like for example, like the AirPods Pros, like the the over the ear ones that cost you hundred bucks, like. I don't know a ton of people who use them, right? Yeah, I know one person who uses them, and he loves them. He says they were they were actually worth the money for him. Um, for me, that much was a little too much to, to spend, especially when 
I got the amazing Sony ones. Well, for, I was going to say for half a price, right? Like they're, they're just a, as good. A, a third of the price because I got them on sale. I paid them like two eighty or two fifty, right. something like that. Right. The, the price I got for the Sonys because the the fifth gen model had just come out. The fourth gen model was heavily discounted on Amazon, and I paid, I think, definitely under three hundred dollars. And they were normally four fifty, which was too expensive for me. But that's my whole point, right? Is that like Apple loves to charge a premium on its products. Um, this is a niche product. It's not an everyday product, like a, a phone, a watch, a computer using every day, uh, a virtual headset. You know, I can't really see um, uh, an everyday use case for it necessarily. So in order for Apple to charge that much, they have to have such a killer lineup of apps and features that it makes it irresistible to the layperson. And I don't see that happening. No, I don't see that happening either. You know, just as an example, People think the Apple Studio Display is overpriced. I bought one. I don't feel it's overpriced because of what it gives me that in all the monitor research I did, nothing came close to being able to, uh, to match its price because everything else that was 5K in terms of resolution was way too expensive or slightly less expensive, but uh, not as good. So there, if for that, for me, it was worth it. Would people say that's a waste of money? Yeah, maybe. But for me, it was worth it. There's nothing I can see with this AR slash VR headset that would make it worth it for most people when they could buy something cheaper from from Meta or, I mean, hell, the the PlayStation VR two is coming out in February. That seems interesting. If I didn't get violently ill with VR, which I'm, I've never tried VR. I'm assuming I would get violently ill with it. I I would consider getting one of those. It's not crazy expensive in terms of like if we're talking thousands of dollars i think it's it's 500 something dollars um but is there enough for me to want to spend money on it no yeah it'll yeah. probably i i that's another thing i don't think i think that's going to be way easier to find than a ps5 i think anybody who wants to get a, a playstation vr2 headset will be able to go into any store and buy it unlike the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X or whatever, which is now getting better. And here, like a bonus prediction uh, while we're at it. I think this year will be the year people can actually walk into stores and buy a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. You heard it here first, folks. Angelo, the supply chain Happy king. New Year. Makes his announcement. I agree with you, right? I think that like at the end of the day, there will be an abundant n- number of uh, Apple headsets available. Um, the only like... Uh, Use case, the only game I can think of is Beat Saber that people keep coming to. And that's the only thing I, I think of that, like, um, is a well-known quantity uh, in the VR world. Yeah. It's, apart from, it's like, really not apart from, like, the metas, like you're saying, like, metas, metaverse um, uh, space. But I don't, I don't see it long-term right no. now because, like, once again, there's no use case for it that makes it invaluable to use uh, on a daily basis. Or a killer enough app that drives up adoption. I don't see it happening, unfortunately. So Brian, do you have any? Uh, do you have a prediction for me? I have for a this? few predictions. So I, right. I do feel like, uh, kind of related, like the metaverse it will continue to live on, zombie-like in its state, kind of stumbling yeah. forward and upwards. I don't see it trending, you know, as as a use case. I feel like the crypto space will continue to be a cesspool of uh, bad intentions and grifters, tech bros, and just general douchebags we don't like. Exactly. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction here, Angelo. I feel like towards the end of 2023, Nintendo will announce a new console. 
That is a really good prediction. What were seven? It's going to be six seven, years. Seven. seven years. When the, when the switch came out in twenty sixteen. So yeah, that's 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 seven years. I think. Let me fact check that real quick. Please hold. Uh, twenty seventeen. So s- oh, okay. six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got mine in twenty eighteen. I think. Are you happy with your Switch? Love it. I play it all the time. I'm actually surprised how much I enjoy playing video games again. Yeah, the Switch is great. Um, same, I mean, the same thing happened with me as I play at PS5. I, I'm enjoying video games again because a lot of the barriers that were there before with the PS4 are gone. Um, I think Switches are going to be easier to find also. I, although I think There's of the consoles, the Switch is not the hardest to find, no. right? Okay. It was hard to find in 2020 when I bought one, but... Um... 2021 on onwards it hasn't been as hard at all now in terms of things uh, around other tech i feel like because of the ceo's issues out there teslas will start becoming less popular uh yeah i mean with the stock price pummeling i don't disagree with that assessment it's it's funny because teslas are often bought by people that are environmentally conscious usually uh left-leaning people right uh and because of the way the ceo acts a lot of those people are put off by wanting to buy anything that he has his name attached to it's uh it's kind of mysteriously that works right it's almost as if like ruining your reputation has real world consequences now has he replaced himself yet as ceo of twitter he has not okay so that he is not so he's still there um, I yes, well, speaking of Twitter, I think it's going to continue down the uh, in the downward tread. Uh, I sent you a, a picture this morning of something I did. Yeah, you want to talk about that? You're a great just, big bold move. I just deleted all my tweets. So you have Gone. an empty account. I have an empty account. What is it, what what does that mean to you? Nothing. I can still use the check stuff. I'm not going to be tweeting anymore. No, but I mean, like, what is the importance of deleting your content? I don't know. I just felt like doing it. I just felt like getting rid of it clean slate no one knows what i've ever said angela up here virtue signaling i mean i did download the entire archive before i did that though so i have so an archive just, of my tweets you know uh wake up at night and just, just read through, read through, yeah, read through, through your the html tweets. files yeah <laughs> uh that is a, a big dream speaking of big dreams angela let us head on over to the terminal side of things sounds good So apparently there's a female ghost in this apartment building who thinks I'm attractive. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. Happy New Year, Angela. So first things first, and the only thing on the docket is we want to make more predictions on the paranormal side of things. Angelo, uh, I know that you have a burning desire to talk about different um, important subjects in your life, including paranormal stuff. So I'm going to let you um, talk about your first prediction of the year get ready for this folks it is a big one angela has been priming me for days with tweets before he deleted them with text messages (laughs) he even sent me an email about this idea angela what is going to happen in 2023 look this is out there no one ever talks about it it's never imminent but it is this year in 2023 it will be the year of disclosure you heard it here first, folks, on the Double Density podcast. Angelo, how excited are you to finally feel like the government acknowledges that alien life forms, sentient, communicative alien life forms exist? I feel like Joe Biden's going to come out and tell the American people, along with the world, 
that they've had aliens in a bunker for a long time. All the UFO people will come out and say, see, we told you, but they'll have been completely wrong. <laughs> It'll be Do you something totally these aliens different. in a bunker, like playing cards and stuff, just kind of like killing time. No, they're cool. So they're doing magic tricks with the cards. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I screwed up on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, it's been 23 years of this at this point, right? Like, the disclosure, the press, call con- uh, press conference happened in, like, 2000, 2001, right? So we're just, we're at the 20-plus year mark of, of this year being our year, finally. It feels like, I, if I had to make a comparison, it's like one of those long-suffering cities where their sports team hasn't won anything in decades, and they're always saying that this year is our year, this year will be our year. Sounds like the city you live in. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of, exactly. But it always just feels like it's one one step away, one little kind of announcement away. And it never is quite the case, right? Especially when you get into the granular stuff, especially um, if you look at the U.S. government. And also it's funny because like we're so concentrated on the U.S. government being the central focal point of UFO disclosure when there are hundreds of other nations that could just come out and do that too, in theory. I feel that's because of the, the Roswell crash and how it did crash in the U.S., even though it was, they were just testing military equipment, but it happened there. We, yeah, we don't hear about like the other major superpower of the 80s in terms of the Soviet Union having had anything. Uh, are there a lot of stories about that? Do you know? Like you, you're, you, you... We talked about the Verona's one from the 80s, right? Okay. That was the, the, the big one that made uh, news reports and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I just, I, you know... <sighs> I feel like it's a cultural issue. Like the the hype and the excitement around disclosure is a very American thing, and I'm I'm using that in asterisk. I'm going to say North American or, you know, um, Western. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not necessarily Western. I don't think South America feels the same way as the American well, public. Well, there's a, there's a lot of, but it's cases. not treated in the same way. I don't no, think, you're right. Necessarily. Because guess what? Here in, in the West, we always have, or like let's say North America. Uh, and we're including oh, Mexico in this. Yeah, I mean, we lead a bit of a privileged life compared to many other countries. Like, for example, Russians often are worried about, like, where they're going to get food in certain regards, especially during the Soviet Union era. Uh, they don't really have time to think about UFOs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, I think that um, this very American phenomenon of disclosure uh, will continue to be one step away, one, uh, you know, one press conference, one announcement, one email away. Um, from ever um, happening and like the thing is that like i think no matter what ever gets announced no one's ever going to be happy enough there's always going to be one more secret to unlock right well yeah the like another one of predictions is that there's going to be a new video uh, that the ufo ufp people are going to get excited about and of course it won't show anything conclusive because guess what if it did show something conclusive it would be a mundane video of something flying that we already know about but because it's sort of inconclusive it leaves that mystery to the imagination and of course, the UFO researchers we all know and love are going to tell us that they have irrefutable proof, uh, but of course they can't show us that proof because... They either can't show us or they go too deep on a very blurry photo that doesn't have enough markers in it to conclusively explain what is occurring. Yeah, that'll be one thing. Or if they can't show it to us, we'll just have to trust them in knowing that they know it's the real thing. Well, you and I have talked about this before, right? And it's kind of funny and ironic that a lot of... UFO researchers um, ask to be believed based on their assumptions alone and not necessarily on proof, which I feel is like, ironically now, given that these are usually people of science, that like it feels the same way as like religious belief almost, right? Like the like, you, I can't, I can't show you, but you need to believe in what I am saying. 
Well, a lot of the way the followers of these people react is also as if you're attacking a religion sometimes. Well, it's, it's a lot of tribalism, right? Either way. The infighting in UFO circles. I mean, it's, it's ever-present. It's nothing new. It's always been there. People will argue about minuscule little things, and no one's right at all. That's the problem. If you were to throw a normal person into any number of UFO-related Twitter threads, they would be completely lost and would have to spend hours, if not days. Like, for example, like my wife got me a book that was published by MUFON Press, right? And Oof. I tried to explain to her what was going on there, and I felt like an idiot. Yeah, because as much as your wife loves you, she doesn't love the UFO stuff as much as you do. Exactly. You know, she got me a really cool book about UFO hotspots. Um, so I'm excited to maybe explore a couple. And uh, I mean, like the subject matter in the book itself are really, really nice and cool and smart and interesting. And it's just it's just funny that I was like, yeah, but. And then she felt bad for a second. I was like, you wouldn't possibly ever happen to know this, even if you tried to read about it. Yeah. Well, my wife got me a fun little, uh, of all things, scholastic book of haunted places. So that'll be fun to read. Or, were you a child of the scholastic book fairs? Were you too old for that? Of course. I loved, loved that stuff. And of course, I would lean towards the ghost stories and UFO stuff. Classic Angelo move right there. Of course. Remember those was, books? Yeah, we've talked about them before, but like the, the books of, I don't know how to call them the books of power, but I don't remember what they're called. But it's, it was like the uh, three different books of like creepy stuff, UFOs. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we've talked about those. If, if I remember, I'll look it up to see if I can post a picture in the show notes, but I'll probably forget. You are too fixated on your tech. I know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, you know, coming back to the, the subject at hand, it's, it's a very confusing, very intricate mess that you need a virtual pair of tweezers to, to parse through, essentially. Yeah, and then when you pull one thread, everything just unravels. Yeah, and then you understand the way in which the phenomenon of popular ufology cannot exist without a need for people to become personalities in the space. Like, the two were so interlocked. Yeah, they have to be. And a lot of them don't end up. I mean, if they look into it far enough, they'll probably realize in many cases there's nothing to what the actual case is. It's usually something mundane. But they don't want to believe it because then their entire livelihood is, is out the window. So you got to double down a lot of the time too, right? So that's not a huge surprise. Double down on double density. <laughs> 2020. That's Happy our slogan for 2023. Happy New Year. My prediction is we're going to unlock a brand new cryptid. I my, can't that's wait my for prediction. That. Let me explain why. Wait. Let me explain Please. why, right? Um, nuclear waste. The oh. old classic friend nuclear waste, right? So climate change. A number of different ways in which the earth is being um, transformed, I think, will allow us to see the rise of a brand new cryptid. What it looks like, I don't know. Is it winged? Not sure. How many eyes? I have no idea. But Kaiju-esque? it is out there. It could be statuesque, absolutely. A the most <laughs> that'd be the perfect thing. The most photogenic, Instagram-ready cryptid of all time coming through with the most beautiful eyes and stunning, stunning posture. Well, well, you misunderstood me saying statuesque, which is I, I like that explanation, but I said kaiju-esque. Oh, I okay, yes, no, kaiju-esque too for sure. Both are great. Uh, they could be right, either very statuesque kind of of a kaiju, a statue of a kaiju, <laughs> just a massive creature that cannot be denied. The ice caps are melting. There's stuff frozen in there that will come out. Just like Captain America, right? Yeah, he's accepted this is not going to save us. 
<laughs> no, that's true. Well, it could. Maybe there is a way in which the uh, cryptid is actually a marshal for the um, stopping of climate change, perhaps. Yeah, it'll come out. It'll speak English because they always do. <laughs> or sign language. Yeah, you know. possibly. I don't know. I feel like uh, the time is ripe, right? We've got Mothman, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? We've got Nessie. Uh, who cares? Ogopogo, same thing, right? Like, where are the Bigfoot? <laughs> Boring. Yetis? No, thanks. I want something new. I want something fresh in 2023, Angela. Happy New Year, by the way. So if we can sort of create um, uh, uh, an environment by which we can bring this out, I'd be so excited. What color would this new cryptid be? Oh, well, like a beautiful fuchsia. Okay. Like, I want to see some bright cryptids. Like, you want a yellow cryptid. Just yeah. A bright, so bright, honking yellow cryptid. Yeah. But that's why we never see them, because they're always, like, brown and grayish. <laughs> Murky and uh, yeah. suitable for the nighttime. Yeah. As if they want to be camouflaged and not be found. I do like the idea of us tossing out the reason why a lot of them uh, are the color that they are, namely environment and survival. Yeah. And just leading to the neon green or the bright yellow cryptid that will save the earth from itself. A savior of cryptid. cryptids. <laughs> I do uh, like the idea that that will happen. Angela, I, I do feel like, you know, uh, new. I, like, I feel like we did some good, some bad, right? New cryptid, great. Disclosure will be imminent, not so great. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about ghosts in the next year? Ghosts get like the, the short end of the stick lately because people want to believe in UFOs more. I feel like ghosts are, are old hat. Yeah, I mean, do you know anybody who seriously completely believes in ghosts? Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I do, actually. Okay. So. Okay. Oh, my uh, Siri went off on my watch and is, uh, she said, I don't understand when she looked up, do you believe in ghosts? Angela, it's kind of fortuitous right there. Yeah. It's like a ghost in my arm. <laughs> uh, a very creepy little ghost reminding you that you are alive and well and that you live in the space. I will say Siri makes less, like, bizarre answers lately. But it, it, it does reply to Sweetie sometimes. So if I say goodnight, Sweetie, to, like, my wife or daughter, uh, they will, uh, Siri will answer. So you got to watch out for the, you know, could it replace either or, right? You yeah. watch out for that. Like, it'll, you know, I'll say goodnight, and then it will reply saying, goodnight to you too, Angelo. <laughs> It's learning. It's adapting. Yeah. 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 The good, the bad, the mediocre. I'm kind of curious to hear from listeners if they have any predictions for the Paramount side of things for 2023. Let yeah, us know. Tweet at Brian, will, not at me. I will be on Twitter, double underscore density. I won't. Um, Brian Heasty, Brian with an I over on uh, Twitter. And then you're, basically, I'll be you're basically unreachable unless it's by email, right? So you can reach me at the double density email. You know what? The best place to go, double density.net, fill out the form. Uh, it's, it makes it sound like it's taxes. No, it's literally you put your email address. Write what you want to write, and it'll come to us. Yes, and then I'll force Angelo to do something about it. Exactly, exactly. I was going to ask you where people can find you, but you've already announced DoubleDensity.net, DoubleDensityPodcast over on Instagram. I'm trying to post more. Like, we posted our, our recent triptych of uh, holiday photos, which was a lot oh, of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love those. Those are fun to make because they're super easy. You just add a, a layer upon layer of holiday crap. <laughs> a lot I of them mean, were emoji. Well, I was going to say that a lot of them were for visual base, right? Little images everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, you they, can find me at Angelo Furin at mastodon.social. Would you ever check it, though? Yeah, I check it if I'm okay. at the computer. Like, so in the past few weeks, I'm not sitting at this computer as much because I'm not working. But um, yeah, during the work day, I have it on in the background. Check occasionally, like email. Because for so, old people. 
email Mastodon the places where you can find Angela because he just wants to be never found, I guess. Yeah. I mean, just go email Mastodon and say, hey, where's Angelo? Like Waldo. <laughs> I mean, that could work, I guess. Yeah. Just email random people <laughs> asking where I am. <sighs> Angelo, what am I going to do with you, my friend? I don't know. I mean, literally, if you, if you type my name and you'll find me, but in, in a more work-related context. I do like the idea that uh, people would uh, spend the two seconds looking you up and yeah. saying, yeah, this guy's not worth it. Nope. Bye. Uh, with that in mind, this has been it for episode 208 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next episode as Angela and I do a deep dive on the uh, fabled Bunicula cryptid. Angela, I will see you there. Happy New Year, Brian. Don't forget Happy. to email us and wish us a Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Angela. Happy New Year for the next two weeks. <laughs>